Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the uh, 21 January 2020 meeting of the Astoria City Council. I thank you all for coming. I see we have seated, seated uh, room only out in the hallway. Let me take advantage of this opportunity while I have you here to invite you back to council chambers on April 21 and 22 for the annual budget hearings. <laughs> this former counselor. Nemo Will can attest if Miss Brooks at the helm, they are a real humdinger. <laughs> a roll call, Mr. Pearson. Councilor Urban. Here. Councilor Brownson. Here. Councilor West. Here. Councilor Rocco. Here. Mayor Jones. Here. Reports of councilors. Councilor Herman. Oh, I don't have a lot to report. Um, I think I'll just say I'm really glad to see a big audience out for tonight's hearing. So thank you for coming and caring about the community. Thank you. Councilor Brownson. Yeah, I'll, I'll second the uh, budget hearings. <laughs> and um, I don't have too much to report. I do want to mention and maybe uh, the mayor will say a little bit more, but I was at the Maritime Museum today where they had the CRMM mini boat program launching festivities and it's a group of mid fifth graders uh, from three different schools, Vancouver, Columbia City, and Warrington who have built these boats about three feet long that sail five feet. In the back, <laughs> and, and they will be launched. They will be launched, and they will float to, to hopefully Japan. And there are a number of these that are already out there in the water, and they have tracking devices, so you can follow these um, and see where they go. And it, just at that in of itself is really interesting. Um, but crmm.org. Click on mini boats, track mini boats. There you go. And I'll, I'll let Bruce, if he wants to speak a little bit more about it, because he was there in double capacity as mayor of Astoria and assistant director, or something like that for the Maritime Museum. And um, 
Also would like to shout out to Pacific Power who really put a lot of uh, effort to support these programs and make them possible. And a second shout out to Pacific Power for a grant to, to the co-op who have installed um, uh, photovoltaics on the roof. Well, they're in the process. They're coming. And um, just another example of how we can mitigate climate change through being proactive and taking advantage of renewable resources. And at that, I'll pass it. Councilor West. Uh, really just two things. I will mention, I think there's a pretty good talk coming up, up at Classic Community College on solar power this Thursday at 7 p.m. Anybody that is a topic of interest. Uh, two things, really. City Council had a great, probably one of my favorite work sessions just last week um, to start working on a ban on formula uh, restaurants and hotels. It was very productive, in my opinion. Uh, it's going to the Astoria Planning Commission, and then it will eventually come back to us. Um, also, I, I spoke, uh, as well as Councillor Herman, um, at the uh, Indivisible North Coast Summit last weekend, and it was to a full room of folks wanting to know how they can get more involved at the political level, which I usually recommend. And uh, it was fantastic, and that's it. Thank you. Councilor Rocca. Uh, a little more report other than uh, volunteering at the Borman Center a couple of times and uh, reading the packet for tonight's meeting, which around page 500, I began to suspect it was actually by Leo Tolstoy. <laughs> I, in, in the Russian or the English? <laughs> Uh, I had the pleasure of attending an Astoria School District meeting, uh, school board meeting, I should say, and reading a proclamation uh, in honor of the uh, those who serve on school boards, whom we appreciate very much. Also, I spoke at a memorial service for uh, Coast Guard uh, aviators and boat crew whose lives have been lost in the Pacific Northwest over the last 60 years. That was that Cape of Disappointment. I thank Councilor Bronson for mentioning our educational programs at the museum today. I had the honor of hosting Senator Betsy Johnson, Representative Tiffany Mitchell, and Pacific Power CEO Stefan Bird at that, uh, at that youth education event uh, today. And uh, finally, uh, I will announce that um, I have filled the vacant Planning Commission seat. I've appointed Mr. Dave Croning to the uh, Planning Commission to fill that seat. Uh, changes to agenda, are there any changes? No changes. Consent calendar, the items on the consent calendar are considered routine and will be adopted by one motion unless a member of the council requests to have an item considered separately. Members of the community may have an item removed if they contact the city manager by 5 p.m. on the date of our meeting. Uh, have any items been requested uh, set aside by the public? No requests on the consent calendar. Uh, counselors? All right, I'll entertain a motion for approval of the consent calendar. I move to approve the consent calendar as presented. Second. Roll call, Ms. Brooks. Yeah. Councilor Herman. Aye. Councilor Brown. Aye. Councilor West. Aye. Councilor Rocca. Aye. 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 Regular agenda items are open for public comment following deliberation by the council. Rather than ask for public comment after each item, if audience members wish to speak, please raise your hand and you'll be recognized at the podium after you state your name and address. The comments are limited to three minutes. Item 6A 
is a second reading and adoption of ordinance readopting certain state statutes to reflect changes in the 2019 legislature. A public hearing and first reading on this item was held at your January 6th council meeting and the 2019 legislation passed by the Oregon legislature was for the most part uh, became effective on January 1st, 2020. Every year the city routinely readopts all reference Oregon revised statutes in our code to pick up any changes. It's recommended that council conduct the second reading and adopt the proposed ordinance. Well, I'd like to make a motion. Mayor, we need a reading. Second reading for a second. Second reading, please, Ms. Brooks. An ordinance readopting certain state statutes. I make a motion to adopt the proposed ordinance. I'll second that. Roll call, and Mr. Dart McLean. Councilor Herman. Aye. Councilor Brunson. Aye. Councilor West. Aye. Councilor Walker. Aye. Aye. Item six B is the second reading and adoption of amendment request A eighteen one for the urban core overlay riverfront vision codes. <laughs> So uh, the city council held a public hearing and held a first reading at the council meeting on January 6th, 2020 as well with regards to this item. And uh, we have our uh, planner, Rosemary Johnson, who uh, did the work uh, on taking this through planning commission and council here if there are any questions. But if the council's, uh, council feels as though the draft code meets your expectations, it would be in order for you to hold a second reading and adopt the two ordinances for the urban core amendment. So I note that you're going to need two separate motions uh, with two separate readings and two separate votes to approve this item. Okay. Is there any uh, council discussion? In order to hear the public comment, would we have to open a public hearing, or you would need to is? you would need to reopen the public hearing? And Mr. Henningsgaard, would we need to provide public notice since it was closed at the last meeting? If that was the case, you would not need to. Okay, so you would then be needing to reopen the public hearing as it was closed at the last meeting. But you could do that tonight if you so chose. And then we could go ahead and have the second reading and have the vote. Or no, no, you, 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 your 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 options are to have the second reading mm -hmm. and vote to, on the ordinances mm -hmm. or if the council wanted to receive additional testimony mm -hmm. with regards to this matter mm -hmm. you could reopen the public hearing take testimony for opposed and impartial mm -hmm. and then based upon that testimony decide whether the ordinances ordinances are fine as presented or whether or not you'd wish to provide staff with further um, modifications to make and bring this back to your next meeting <clears throat> okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, go ahead. Does anyone object to having a second reading? Ms. Brooks, may I have the second reading, please? An ordinance amending the Astoria Development Code pertaining to implementation of the Astoria Riverfront Vision Plan for Urban Core Area. And the second one is an ordinance amending the Astoria land use and zoning map pertaining to implementation of the Astoria River Riverfront vision plan for urban core area as noted in the attached map. 
Okay. I'd like to make a motion that this Astoria City Council adopt the findings and conclusions contained in the staff report and adopt the ordinance amending the Astoria Development Code. I'll second that. Uh, roll call, Mr. Harrington. Council Herman? Aye. Council Brownson? Aye. Council West? Aye. Aye. So the next one is uh, adopting changes to the zoning map. That would be the only difference in the motion. Okay. Well, I'll make another motion. Um, so the, the Astoria City Council adopts the findings and conclusions contained in the staff report and adopt. I'm sorry. Uh, the ordinance uh, um, dealing with changes to the zoning map. Yeah, the ordinance dealing with changes to the zoning map. I'll second that again. <laughs> I roll call Deputy Chief Alperson. Councilor Herman? Aye. Councilor Brownson? Aye. Councilor West? Aye. Councilor Rocca? Aye. Mayor Jones? Aye. Well, Mayor, you just need to read the ORS language into the record. The City Council's ruling may be appealed by any persons withstanding by filing a Notice of Intent to Appeal with the Oregon Land Use Board of Appeals, LUBA, within 21 days after tonight. If an appeal is not filed with LUBA within the 21-day period, the de decision of the City Council shall be final. Item 6C is public hearing Appeal AP 19-03 by MMCG GOI Astoria LLC Grocery Outlet on design review request DR 19-03 by MMCG GOI LLC for 2190 Marine Drive. So uh, Mayor, I'm going to give a preliminary introduction to this item and then turn it over to Rosemary Johnson to be able to continue uh, information on the staff report. So in 2019, the potential developer for a grocery outlet store submitted a complete application. The uh, playable criteria including design aesthetics and orientation of the building are reviewed by the Design Review Commission. I would note that there are other zoning code requirements which were reviewed administratively, administratively by the planner. There's issues such as traffic, uh, driveway design, utilities, public work standards, and other site design issues that are reviewed by our city engineers. And these additional reviews would be completed after a final decision is made on this application and when the appropriate applications have been submitted to the departments. Um, there's also building code issues that would be addressed by the building official at the time of a building permit application. I uh, just want to note uh, and be clear that the Design Review Commission and City Council review of this design review request is not a decision on any of these factors as I noted. The Design Review Commission held a public hearing on August 1st and September 5th of 2019. The Commission made a final decision on the request at their October 3rd, 2019 meeting and denied the request. And that was dis uh, decision was appealed by the applicant on October 23rd. 
So under State of Oregon law, the city must make a final decision on land use permits, including appeals within 120 days of deeming an application complete, or the applicant can take the case to the courts for a decision if no decision is made during that time frame. This is referred to as the 120-day rule. Only the applicant can extend the 120-day rule for a specific number of days with a maximum time frame of 365 days. The application was deemed complete on July 23, 2019, with the 120-day rule period ending on November 20th. On September 5th, the applicant extended the date uh, to January 23rd, 2020, and Grocery Outlet's attorney requested that council hold a de novo hearing on the appeal, meaning the council takes new testimony from the public. At its November 4th, 2019 meeting, council agreed to hold a de novo hearing on this appeal. Grocery Outlet has since granted an extension to the 120-day rule to April 10, 2020 to allow additional time to conduct this de novo hearing. So uh, tonight, it's going to be uh, in order for the council to hold a public hearing on the request. I would note that before you and uh, materials provided to you this evening, uh, that the applicant and appellant has requested final written rebuttal, uh, which uh, must be granted per um, our code. Therefore, the council will not deliberate on this matter tonight. Um, uh, we will be able to have testimony uh, that will be received uh, in, uh, from the applicant and appellant and anybody else, uh, but uh, there should not be any deliberation from the city council as to how you are inclined to move forward with regards to your vote. Um, this um, would allow for uh, the applicant and appellant to be able to provide their final written rebuttal as provided for by law and then you would reconvene at a subsequent meeting uh, to be able to deliberate and make a decision. The council could also choose to continue the public hearing as well. Um, alternatively, if, if you feel the need to have additional testimony received before you, um, you move on. So tonight, it'd be in order for council to hold the public hearing and provide directions to staff on how they wish to proceed with the appeal in regards to continuing the hearing, are closing the hearing except for final written rebuttal. So uh, Ms. Johnson is going to, excuse me, give a bit more information um, with regards to this uh, this case. With regards to the content of the case or the with content. the procedural matters? No, so, no this, she may go into a little bit more about some procedural matters, but she's also going to be uh, providing a bit more introduction to the appeal and to the design review okay. case itself. And, and so just to clarify, because the request for final rebuttal has been made, which will be at our subsequent meeting, we may ask questions of staff or any of the other speakers. And we may make factual comments, but we may not make any comments which indicate a deliberative process. That is correct. Okay, okay Rosemary Johnson, planning consultant, 672 15th Street, Astoria. Okay. Um, the proposal before you tonight is slightly different than what was presented to the design review committee. Rosemary, so, I think the mic may be off. Can you check? It's on. It's on. Okay. okay. We're just going to change the batteries in just a minute. Can you hear me? Because usually you can hear me pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so I'll be reviewing those changes, but I want to reiterate that this is a design review request 
And as uh, city manager noted, traffic issues are not part of this review. The city engineer and ODOT cannot review the traffic issues until the land use decisions are made. And so while the city, uh, city engineering department and ODOT have indicated that a marine drive access may be feasible, they have not looked at any of the details yet and will not do that to a later period. So traffic is not part of the review. The other thing that you will hear in, uh, you've seen in some of your uh, correspondence is uh, the issue of competition with other stores in the area. There is no code that prohibits competition. The other one is the uh, issue of, that was raised uh, about your work session, prohibiting chain restaurants and chain hotels. That is just a concept that the city council is working on right now and does not impact this application because only the codes in place at the time of the application can be applied to, to the project. Okay, so <clears throat> just to remind you where the, the site is, uh, the corner of 23rd and Marine Drive where the triangle meets with Commercial Street. Uh, it, the overlay zones that apply would be the Civic Greenway, which is a riverfront vision plan, and the gateway overlay. So there are two different codes that apply to this uh, section here. The applicant has submitted a revised site plan from what the design review committee saw. This revised site plan now shows a marine drive access that is shared with the Mini Mart. Now, the Mini Mart currently has three marine drive accesses, and the TP Freight, or the site that you're looking at for a grocery outlet, has one driveway. What they're proposing is to eliminate one of the Mini Mart driveways and combine it with a new driveway for the grocery outlet with a shared access between their sites. So this is a new concept that was not before the design review committee. The other issues that changed from when the design review committee looked at it was that the south elevation, which is behind Minimart and was partially visible from the street, did not have windows. They have now redesigned the building to include windows. The other issue was the signage, and in their application, they had they they had a can around neon lights with a clear acrylic over the letters. The design review committee commission determined that that was equivalent to a plastic internal lit sign and said that that would not work. So the applicants have removed the acrylic case from the front. It still has a can around the neon letters, but it does not have an exterior clear plastic. On the monument sign, the Design Review Commission was stating that the proposed monument sign was not in conducive to a pedestrian-oriented project. The code does not specifically say that the sign has to be pedestrian-oriented, 
but the commission found that a tall, they had a 10-foot tall monument sign, which is allowed by the code, but the commission felt as though that was uh, more conducive to vehicular traffic and was not promoting pedestrian-oriented traffic. The applicant has submitted this revised <coughs> monument sign, which is five feet tall, which is more typical of a uh, pedestrian-oriented monument sign. But again, the sign does not need to be pedestrian-oriented. It was just an indication to the design review committee that the site was promoting more vehicular traffic. So I want to get back to the site plan. Okay. <clears throat> when reviewing the appeal packet, uh, the applicant has stated that there are four main issues that need to be uh, reviewed. That is true, but there are the in order to approve a permit, it has to meet all the criteria. Any one criteria and the permit would need to be denied. And so you're not looking at just four issues, you're looking at the entire appeal, the entire packet of criteria. Other issues that were of concern that I want to just bring up a couple of those rather than reviewing the entire staff report was that um, the Design Review Commission felt as though the design did not reflect the historic character of the area, which is one of the criteria. That it, the pedestrian-oriented site facing the street is another criteria. And in this case, the building is oriented on the east end of the property with a bay-type entry with a door entering onto commercial and then a door entering to the south on a pedestrian pathway through the parking lot to Marine Drive. So the building is not up facing the streets as intended by the code here. Another code states that the pedestrians should not have to walk through a parking lot. And this design uh, has the pedestrian a walkway through the parking lot. The other criteria is that it should take advantage of views of either the river or the hillside. The nature of the grocery uh, store does not uh, have indoor seating or an area where people would relax and take uh, advantage of views. However, the applicant has proposed to install some benches on the sidewalk for the public. The Design Review Commission did not make a decision on this issue and only noted that the location of the proposed benches was not appropriate. Another issue is if a project is large and of a major focus to the community. And the commission did determine that when traveling from the west to the east that this would be a primary focus and was a large project in this area. Uh, the staff report does give several uh, dimensions of buildings in the area. The two largest buildings are on the south side of Marine Drive, and that's the Pavilion and Dr. Parks' Medical Center. Neither of those went through this same criteria as the buildings north of Marine Drive and um, this project. So those were not based on the same criteria. The other one is mass, scale, and materials need to be in uh, line with the Astoria character. 
So these are some of the issues that still need to be addressed by the council <clears throat> and determine your findings of fact as to whether or not they meet the criteria. <clears throat> the Marine Drive access has gotten the most attention, but as the council, I just want to remind you that these other issues need to be addressed also and a decision made. Your staff report that you have, I put in there uh, revisions from the Design Review Commission's findings of fact, and you have tracked changes in that staff report. Those are new changes that uh, address some of the design changes that were submitted and some of the comments made by the appellate's attorney. And so those are, only, those are not coming to conclusions, they're just stating the facts and giving you some of that information. Uh, one of the issues that was raised by the appellant is that <clears throat> how do you compare this to the co-op when the co-op was approved? And there were several issues that are different in the co-op building. Number one, they did not provide a marine drive uh, access. Their building does front on the streets with direct access that does not go through their parking lot. And they do have a indoor and outdoor seating for their deli area. And so those are the changes. Um, tonight there were several people who handed me uh, copies of their written testimony that they will be making. I want to distribute those to you tonight, uh, but they will be coming up to speed. Today you have received two emails with public comments that were received from the date of your packet. So you have those two uh, packets of information plus this new testimony here. So let me In addition to more testimony that is received later on. There, there's all the information that was received since distribution of the packet through tonight's meeting is before you at the dais this evening. So that's just a quick overview of the changes and some of the key issues. <clears throat> Once the council um, does the deliberation, then staff will need to do revised findings of fact that will address your decisions on each of these criteria. So I just wanted to, to reiterate that there's more than just a marine drive that I will need your input back for findings of fact eventually. Any questions? Thank you, Ms. Johnson. Okay, appeal public hearing, AP 1903, as enumerated previously. Does anyone object to the jurisdiction of the Australia City Council to hear the matter at this time? Does any member of the city council feel he or she has a conflict of interest or any ex parte contacts to declare? I have, uh, just for clarity, I, early on before this came to design review, I did have a conversation with uh, Jeff down at um, City Lumber 
Um, and but it just reflected uh, all the things that he voiced in the letter that has been submitted testimony concerning uh, parking and whatnot. So I, as far as I'm concerned, it will have no effect on my, uh, being able to make a uh, fair judgment on this issue. I will also declare that I have read newspaper articles that have been written about the development, and I've also read some social media posts, um, but they will not impact my decision, <coughs> my ability to make a fair, objective decision. Yes. Uh, newspaper articles are the only thing that I would uh, I think of to declare. And Now we'll note, uh, as far as one of the Astorian articles has been submitted in testimony, so it is part of the public record as well at this point. And anything I received, I forwarded to Brett, which has been printed and is here. So. Okay, and I also read some newspaper articles. Uh, I will now open public testimony. Persons speaking tonight should address their remarks whether or not the application in question meets the necessary criteria, and if not, state why. The applicable criteria are listed in the staff report or outlined by Ms. Johnson a moment ago and may be obtained at the staff table. Uh, failure to raise an issue in person or by letter to the City Council means an appeal of that same issue will not be permitted. If you wish to speak, please come forward to the lectern, give your name and address, and then give your testimony. I believe there are sign-up sheets out in the, the hallway, so if you haven't had a chance to uh, sign up, there are sign-up sheets on the table in the hallway. You can get up at your leisure and put your name on the list. And uh, I would remind you that those items uh, listed by Ms. Johnson that are not under the purview of the, uh, the council uh, are not to be testified to, so if someone comes up and wants to talk about traffic issues, I will politely ask you to uh, confine your remarks to the, the topics that are actually the criteria for our deliberations. Uh, first, we will invite testimony by the appellant's team, and the appellant will be provided 15 minutes. Good evening, Mayor Jones, members of the council. My name is Dan Dover. I'm with, uh, or I represent the applicant. Uh, our address is 6600 Page Road. I can't hear you. Don't know your name. In the colony of Texas. Yeah, you're just, you're just going to have to get the mic a little closer to your mouth. Sorry. Yeah, you got it. Straighten it some. There you go. Or no. There you go. Your best. And give us your name. Is that better? Yeah, if you could just repeat your name and address. Just keep, yeah. just keep your mouth really close to it. Dan Dover with Main to Main. We are the applicant. Uh, address 6600 Page Road, the Colony, Texas. Uh, first off, thank you for uh, hearing our de novo. We cannot hear back here. Is that on, actually? Is that on? Somebody turn the Is that better? Uh, yeah. All right. 
again, thank you for uh, granting our de novo request and hearing our appeal this evening. Um, first item of business I'd like to address, our land use attorney is terribly ill this evening, so he is not able to attend. I'm going to do my best to pinch hit on his behalf, but if, uh, if you have any questions through the process or anything procedural, please let me know and I'll address it to the best of my ability. Uh, as Rosemary did a fine job uh, going through the application of basically where we left off with the design review commission to the new items that have been submitted. Um, can I, would I be able to get the uh, site plan pulled back up on the screen? Rosemary, can you do that? Or is it stuck yeah. on the clock? Yeah. There we go. Um, so when you, I won't reiterate all the items that Rosemary's already laid out, but when you, when you look at the site plan, what we have updated is we have taken the access points from 23rd to Commercial Long Marine Drive, from four access points to three access points. That's the spirit of the overlay zone, is to reduce the number of access points, and we have done that through an agreement with our neighbor. Um, our traffic engineer is here. If there are any questions about the site distances on the location of the approach and the way the approach has been situated, uh, does allow for more pedestrian friendly access off of Marine, as you'll see kind of on the northwest side of the access. And then the access is protected all the way uh, through the middle of the parking lot uh, between the curbs and bumpers and then to the front door. Um, and in the narrative that I, uh, that I laid out shows where we started from the original site plan design to where we're at now. Originally the truck access was off of 23rd, uh, now it's internal. Uh, we've moved the front door to make it uh, more accessible to commercial. Uh, there's landscaping around the building. Um, so we've done quite a bit of work on the site plan. Every bit of direction that we've gotten, either from staff or uh, from the commission, uh, we've done our best to, uh, to comply. So uh, we'll leave that up to, to y'all to be the final determination on that. But as far as the elevations, the one item that was outstanding was on the south elevation. We hadn't done any treatment to it because that is the truck dock and in front of it is the gas station. Uh, and from a maintenance perspective, uh, a, a bunch of glazing on that side could be a long-term potential issue. That elevations that we submitted before you now comply. There is glazing and treatment on that elevation. It is treated just the same as uh, the other three sides of the building. As Rosemary said, the signage, uh, you know, we started originally with more channel cabinet style letters. We went to neon with acrylic over it in an effort to better maintain the neon in the signage. Uh, from the decision, it sounds like the acrylic is, uh, is a big issue, so we're happy to remove the acrylic. On the monument sign, we had started with a 10-foot monument sign with a slender middle. When we came back to the commission after the first meeting, uh, they wanted it to conform to code, so we had straightened it 
from top to bottom. And then the decision was that that was not, not an acceptable sign, which is fine. So we have agreed to reduce the monument sign down to five feet, uh, and it is ex uh, externally illuminated. Um, one item that came up constantly was the pedestrian friendly nature of the development. I've got to be honest with you, that's a, it's a little subjective and we haven't got much direction on exactly how to address that. So we hired a PhD and an AICP planner to review the site plan and give a determination. If it's all right, I'd like to enter that into the record. Do I hand it out to each person? Or? You just hand it to someone who it. Oh, okay. So you don't your time. All right, so we won't take uh, we won't take up much more time here. Uh, if there are questions, our traffic engineer is here. And again, apologies, our uh, uh, Mr. Robinson, our land use attorney, just was ill and not able to attend this evening. Uh, my ask of you tonight is is simple from my perspective. Um, we just need direction on how to work with the city on the design of the site. Um, the site is an allowed use by zone. We are just doing our best to take the direction from the city to conform to what you want. We need specific direction on how to accomplish that. Every bit of direction that we've been given so far, we've complied with only to be denied at the DRC. So we're, we're a little confused and we just would like very specific direction from the council. Thank you. Thank you. And was there anyone else from your team that's going to use the balance of your uh, time? Okay. I'm sorry, Hen. Are, are you with their team? Yes, I raised. Okay, because so you said no, but he's with you. Is he with you? He's he's not. He is he is not part of the applicant's presentation. He will speak as. An interested party in okay. the property. So we'll call people up or okay. interested parties in a moment. Okay, next I will invite uh, persons who wish to speak in favor of the appeal. That is, people who wish to speak against the design review uh, denial. Any party wishing to speak as a group that includes an attorney can have 10 minutes but no one else in that group um, will get the normal three minutes. Alternatively, groups could choose to let each individual in the group have three minutes apiece, and no one can allocate their remaining time to another individual. So is there a group that has an attorney that's gonna speak for them? And you're speaking against the design review decision for denial? Yes, well, you, you asked if there was an attorney here, so I felt like I better, I better jump up. I threw on this necktie for, for something. I am, my name is Ty Wyman, and I am here as attorney uh, for the co-op. Uh, Blair Henning's guard was nice enough to give us a heads up about the, the allocation okay, just, of time. Just, we're just going to do the three minute. We just want to do 
We don't want it to tip. Okay, but if you're an attorney representing the co-op, I don't believe that you're in favor of the appeal. Oh, yeah. You're absolutely correct about that. So we're going to get to people in favor of the appeal okay. later. Hmm. Getting the double negatives. <coughs> yeah, right. triple negatives. Let the guy bill you too much. <laughs> okay, so we're we're still inviting people who wish to speak in favor of the appeal, in favor of the grocery outlet proposal. Um, and you may, if there is any such person, you may come up and speak for three minutes. Give your name and address. I see one hand. Okay, so there's four of us. Okay. Just one ask a clarifying question. Yes. When you uh, invited the developer to come talk, you said it had to be addressed only to the code kind of rules. And, and our testimony is broader than that. Are we allowed to speak? The issues uh, on which the council can make a decision and on which we can base a decision were enumerated by Mr. Estes and by Ms. Johnson. So issues such as do you like the store? Do you think it should be somewhere else? Uh, traffic specifically, we are not allowed to consider those. So I would ask you not to address those things, which we must uh, disregard. We'll, we'll, we'll do our best. Mike, go ahead and start. I don't know what I have. Yes, I guess we'll let him tell us to shut up if they don't like what we're saying. Uh, my name is Mike Greenager. I'm with uh, Weiss Real Estate Advisors. I'm the marketing agent that has had my sign up on this property for the last six years. Um, I would just like to tell you a little bit about the history and my opinion of where things are and where they could go on this. Is that going to be acceptable? Or? Yes. Okay. Uh, in July, uh, we placed our sign on the property along the highway and our marketing efforts commenced. We then thought maybe the hospital would be the logical. We can't hear you. Sorry. We then thought that the uh, hospital might be an interested party. They were not. Um, after 17 months in November of 2016, property went under contract to a developer. Um, after encountering a lot of hurdles, the buyer became frustrated. After 15 months in January of 18, they terminated the contract. Ten months later, in 2018, the property was under contract again. Maine and Maine Capital Group develops sites for grocery outlet franchises. Over 15 months, they've worked to fit this concept in the area with architectural design. The buyer has shown willingness to meet guidelines set by the city, revising their design at considerable expense several times. Over the past several months, we've heard about what people in Astoria envision possibly something historic, smaller, local, mom and pop, storefronts operated by local people. Here we are 47 months later, no buyer has expressed interest in such a development. As the lead marketing person on this property, for six years I've talked to national tenants, local tenants, interested parties, done due diligence on, due diligence on the property. I can confirm today that there's no serious buyers that have evolved. If you pass on this today, the next opportunity for this site would probably be dec decades away. Uh, the owners of the parcel left with no other choice but to lease the former Napa building to whoever brings a good deal. 
as the property owner, they're required to pay taxes. Uh, they have for decades, and it takes income to do that. Uh, they might be able to lease it to a decent tenant, maybe not. Furthermore, the property will continue to look as it does now. It will look run down, pothole, trailers parked all over the place. It's your very visible piece coming into Astoria. I would think you guys would want it to be something different, higher and better use. So the choice uh, today is unattractive, status quo, old and ugly, with the potential for very undesirable tenant, or attractive, new, creating jobs while serving the community. Thanks. My name is Bill Heastand. I live at 1400 Vibar Cove in Round Rock, Texas. I am the uh, representative of the property owner, the Heastand Family LLC. I flew up from Austin to be part of this hearing, though the testimony that I had prepared is clearly not on point. So I just want to acknowledge that my brother drove down from Seattle, my sister drove in from Gresham. The Heastan family wants a good and productive use of the property that is there, but we are left with a very difficult and unpalatable choice, I think, for the city as well as for ourselves. That choice is, as Mike, our realtor, said, we, if this buyer doesn't get approved, that property will stay as it is. We will not put it back on the for sale market. We will put it up for lease. And we cannot tell you what kind of lessee will take that building. It's not a really pretty building. I drove around it today. There are TP freight trucks stacked everywhere out into Commercial Street. They're driving in and out. That property has been my father ran the truck line there from the mid-60s until the late 70s. The renters have been truck lines. So it's it, it beyond the design review equation. You've got to look at what's good for the city of Astoria. Do you want that property looking the way it is? Because that's what we have to do if you don't approve a property development there. The developers that are working with you now have put tons of money into this equation to try to make it equitable for the city's requirements. They've tried to meet the city's needs, and, and as they said, every time they got a, you need to do it this way, they hired a, a professionals who are very expensive to do that kind of design that they thought they heard, and then they're told that the design review, that isn't what we meant. So it's been kind of a shell game for them. And I just want to, again, reiterate that as the family owners, we have to either find a buyer that is a legitimate developer who has the capability to turn this into something that would be really good for the city of Astoria. And by the way, 25 to 35 jobs are going to be created in this project and a local owner. It's not a franchise that is run by some corporate entity out in the, in the Midwest somewhere. This is somebody local who owns this 
store. So I know my time is up. I flew a long way to be able to say something, so hopefully that will have some impact. Thank you. Thank you. Are there other persons wishing to speak in favor of the appeal? Yes. Uh, my name is Paul Davis, and I live at 33 Auburn Avenue in Astoria. And uh, can't hear you. I'll try to be louder. Uh, I'm. I would uh, encourage the city council to. Uh, uh, to vote in favor of the appeal, uh, I, I, I think uh, I was I was part of the uh, the testimony for the design review committee. Um, the the developer has been has very been it's been very obvious that they've tried to meet all of the design requirements that the that the design review committee requested. Uh, the changes I've seen tonight uh, improve pedestrian access. Uh, it makes a sign that's almost. Uh, unnoticeable um, and and really uh, when I look at that property I see an ugly ugly property that uh, um, that that does not add to the city of this Historia it does add to the historic charm it's boarded up and it's uh, and it's and it's old but uh, um, from what I see of the design uh, when when there's a store that's completely hidden practically by the co-op and the mini bar and uh, it's an open parking lot. Uh, when you drive into Astoria, uh, heading, heading into Astoria from that end of town, you won't even see that store. You will see through the parking lot and have a very prominent view of city lumber. When you're leaving town, it's gonna be pretty obvious because it'll be right there as you're turning the corner. But coming into town, it's going to be very well hidden behind the co-op and, uh, and behind the mini mart. So, and it'll be, very easy to see the uh, city lumber store. So, so I think it's an improvement to the area. I have not, uh, in all the my friends and acquaintances I've talked to in town, I've not uh, heard of anyone in Astoria that wants to put their own money into redeveloping that property because it's an ugly, junky property that doesn't, uh, it's just not very attractive to anyone else. And so uh, I think this is a great use for that property that adds to our city. I think it will remove a terrible eyesore and replace it with some nice open space and with that parking lot. And, uh, and I look forward to, uh, to having a low-cost grocery alternative for the people in this community that, that, that don't have that option now. So, so uh, anyway, please, please vote in favor of the appeal. Thank you. Are there other people who wish to speak in favor of the appeal? I will now invite a testimony by persons who would speak against the appeal. That is, persons in favor of upholding the Design Review Commission decision for denial. And was there a decision on whether you're going to have an attorney represent the group for 10 minutes or? We're just going to do the three minute thing. Okay. That's okay. Hi, I'm at Stanley 463 Jerome Avenue, I'm sorry, Oregon. Thanks for giving this. Uh, really serious thought. It's a huge package to go through. Why am I here? Why are we here with an attorney as the co-op? Um, well, we've invested in an attorney and in traffic analysis because we've invested really heavily in the gateway to our town. Um, we've been here for 45 years. I've been working and living in town for 12 years. 
We've designed this beautiful building that is really engaging at the pedestrian level. You can see into our production kitchen, you can see into the sales floor, uh, you can see into the store from three sides of the building. I don't think that's going to be the case with Grocery Dollar, but even though they've added windows, they'll be blocking the windows with shelving, and I think they spoke to that. Um, and our investment in this, in this entrance to our town is an investment in the community, and the people of the community, and the design as it stands puts those people in danger. Pedestrians are in danger, people driving cars are in danger with the way that they've designed the site. So I think access is a serious thing that you guys do have to look at tonight. And we have our attorney to kind of basically lay out there are some really sound legal reasons why it doesn't meet the design standards. And you guys only need one, and there's several. And so we're gonna show you those uh, to the best of our ability. Um, you know, I did actually talk to Mr. Green years ago about developing this property. It was a site that the co-op wanted to look at, and at the time, the owners were not interested in developing. They wanted to just sell. So I don't think it's entirely genuine that they want to see this be something, because we did approach them, and they just they were only interested in a purchase at the time. Uh, so I think that's worth mentioning. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it at that. I'm gonna let Ty Wyman speak uh, to why. This doesn't meet the code. This is a really important part of our town that, that um, we want to be proud of. I think, I think it's worth the wait. 48 months, I mean, real estate's a long game. I, I don't think uh, 48 months is a very long time. And because the co-op's there now, the hospital's growing, we have uh, Walt Postlewaite's new development coming. This is, this is gonna grow. I don't think it'll be very long before a design <coughs> proposal that's more appropriate for the site comes along. It's, it's going to become a more happening place right there. So uh, I don't think that's a good argument that, you know, we're going to have to stare at ugliness forever and ever. So I'll let uh, Ty go ahead and speak. Thank you for your time tonight, you guys. So you're the attorney for the co-op? Okay, so you are going to have your attorney speak. No, but for three minutes. Just for three minutes. Three minutes. Thank you so much, and I am going to try the Phil Donahue thing. Um, my name is Ty Wyman, address 851 Southwest 6th Avenue, Suite 1500, Portland 97204, and I am here tonight as attorney uh, for the co-op. I want to stress, we very much appreciate your attention and the value of your time, and we don't want to take up too much of that. We are happy, I would add, to address any questions uh, that you might have. The co-op recognized full well that you had a very uh, tall stack of paper, hat tip to Councilor Rocca, a very, very tall stack of paper put in your respective inboxes. They asked me to simply summarize the record, which I do in this, excuse me, memo? You Thank you so much. Kind of a long story short here is, does the gateway uh, overlay set a high bar, a high threshold, a high standard? Yeah, I think it does. And that's what I say in that memo. It's been said at some length before. That's why I just put it down um, to one page. Uh, I want to speak to you, oh, well, and also uh, the, the co-op asked me to speak a little bit about the process. Uh, because my experience is that when you get a, a record of this volume, Sometimes the, the process can sort of be lost. There are, I would note, some design criteria 
that pertain to vehicle and pedestrian flow, and so we are going to have our traffic engineer speak after me. The first procedural thing that I would emphasize, and I so appreciate your, the presentation made by your staff because I think they set up the procedure quite well. The burden of proof here is very clearly on the developer. The developer had the choice to have this hearing on the record, wherein you would review the DRC's decision directly. It chose not to. It chose to have you make a de novo decision, which keeps the burden of proof on them. Quote, the proposal must be supported by proof that it conforms to the applicable provisions of this code. That's ADC 9.030 sub C. Again, is the applicant subject to a high, to a high bar? Yes, it, it might be. Um, as noted in my memo, nothing I have seen from the latest design iteration suggests a different decision from the one that the DRC made. It was, I think, mentioned earlier that, this, that your decision could be appealed to the State Land Use Board of Appeals. I asked Matt Stanley and want to assure you tonight that should you render a denial decision and should it be appealed to LUBA, that we will join in the defense of that decision, that the co-op will. Um, I'm going to skip to, I note with the new site plan, the new site plan is a little bit interesting from a technical land use point because the developer has expanded the site to the south which expands the area subject to notice under ORS 197-763. In summary, I think that your DRC got this one right. And again, appreciate your attention. If you have questions, please feel free. Thank you. My name is Rick Nyes. I'm a principal traffic engineer with Greenlight Engineering. Uh, I turned in a new report um, tonight, and I just want to have you take note of some drawings near the back of that, that packet. Um, I will reference those a little later on. Uh, I'm a licensed professional engineer registered in the, registered in the state of Oregon. I've been asked by the co-op to address transportation-related issues. Um, so even with the revised site plan and the completely new traffic study that the applicant submitted, there's still significant issues with this project. Um, the project fails to meet the intent of the Gateway Master Plan. Um, the applicant talked about the spirit, the spirit of the plan, uh, and that with access reduction to Marine Drive, the Gateway Plan is clear in its spirit and its intent that there is no access to Marine Drive, not just a reduction in access to Marine Drive. This decision is the City Council's in terms of denying access to this, this property to Marine Drive. Um, the ADC also supports the decision to deny access to Marine Drive, and, and the ADC, ADC is built for the, uh, based on the intent of the Gateway Master Plan. Um, the current proposal is to remove one of the gas station driveways. Um, that's a low volume driveway, which would be traded for a higher volume driveway for the grocery outlet. In my view, that's not a good trade. Um, additionally, the marine drive access would fail to meet ODOT standards for access spacing and site distance. Um, the applicants provided no tangible evidence that there's a need for this marine drive access. They allude to there are safety or congestion related issues that might be resolved, but they provided no evidence that that actually is the case. 
the their analysis continues to show is only based on that marine drive axis. They've never shown an alternative. Um, the marine drive axis also um, creates conflicts with the pedestrian environment that the DRC was focused on. Uh, the new site plan illustrates the pedestrian access to the west of the, of the site driveway, to Marine Drive, rather than the east. I fail to see how this is any improvement. It still involves pedestrians crossing a busy drive aisle. Uh, I should also note that with the remo removal of the Marine Drive access, there would be, it'd be far easier to achieve the pedestrian-oriented environment that's being sought. Uh, it, the, the, the access itself creates these conflicts. Last, I wanted to mention that I uh, discovered recently that the, there's a, a transportation system plan project, D6, that would be in direct conflict, or the, the, this project would be in direct conflict with the ability to construct that project. Um, that project involves realigning 23rd Street into Exchange Street, and uh, kind of just maybe 20 more seconds. No. That's your time. All right, thank you. Are there others who wish to speak against the appeal? My name is Andrea Larson Perez. I'm at 115 Skyline Avenue here in Astoria. And I'm here representing, uh, I'm the president of the Astoria Co-op Board. And I am here representing the nearly 4,000 member owners and the larger community that has supported our co-op for 45 plus years. And our subset of owners who have invested over $2 million of their private funds, their retirement accounts, their home equity, and maybe some mattress stuffings in our project. But the issue at hand is whether or not the uh, applicant meets the codes and I'm no expert in codes, but our representatives have spent a lot of time and are providing the information that shows you that there is adequate evidence that you can deny this project based on the existing codes and the intent of the gateway overlay project. And the uh, pedestrian safety and access is an issue and I think that it is the underlying intent of the vision for that end of town and I just believe that you have what you need to deny the appeal and I just ask that you do that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Please. My name is Julia Stavenhagen. I live at well, Box 184 in Hammond, and I just moved here in October of 2019. And uh, I have to say the co-op gave me a living piece of ownership in property here, and I believe that our resources would be better spent as a community in working on a footprint that not only helps our carbon footprint, but may also end up reducing it. Uh, not only that, but helping the, the populace uh, adopt a new, greener way of living, I think is uh, vitally important. Um, I'm also one of the undesirable tenants that they're probably talking about. 
I'm from Texas. I was born in Galveston, and I moved here uh, to escape suburban sprawl, which is a very popular thing in Texas because of uh, the kind of uh, big business recommendations that result in these kinds of actions. Anyway, my name is Julia, and I hope that we pull together to support uh, an organization like the Astoria Co-op um, instead of um, inviting a, a business uh, that brings a lot of uh, Texas-sized problems with it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Good evening, uh, John Ryan, 2495 Mill Pond Lane in Astoria, and I'm here to support the DRC uh, decision. Uh, I also want to uh, object to some mitigations that have been provided that uh, will satisfy criteria, because I don't think these are uh, significant to our to the to the approval of this plan. Uh, many of the things I have are repeats of the site plan. Uh, I think the changes are irrelevant. They're adding to a, uh, an unsustainable situation there at uh, Marine Drive using, I don't know how they did it with Don, uh, Don uh, got, got the, uh, the mini mark to agree to that, but that's a ridiculous entrance and exit and, and taking a non-used uh, curb cut, which is that entrance to the mini mark and moving it over to a major, uh, uh, using a, it as, uh, as evidence to a uh, solution to a major uh, uh, entrance and exit to the building is unsatisfactory. You still have the marine drive access, the pedestrians are still a problem. There's no marine <coughs> drive <coughs> frontage for the design of the building. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the size of this building. Nobody said anything about this building. This building is one-third larger than the co-op. The, front, the, front, uh, the footprint is a square, sprawling structure, which is not per criteria. Uh, the building footprint is larger than the Astoria, Astor House building. Now you can you imagine, you all know what the Astor House is. The footprint on this thing is larger than that. This is a huge sprawling building and it's a cheap design of, uh, of their uh, selected designs. We're not getting the best of their designs, we're getting a cheap design. This was mentioned at the DRC meeting which kind of uh, just went over it. Uh, the conflict was uh, similar uses. Uh, I don't know how you can say that this is a conflict of similar use. That's one of the criteria in the, uh, in the zoning. Uh, this is the grocery store retail. And somehow somebody thinks it's mitigated by the fact that someone is defining the customer base as being dissimilar. Well, that's not for the city or anybody to decide what the customer base is, and it doesn't mitigate the criteria of the, of the plan. The project is wrong for the city, Astoria the community of Mill Pond. We have to live with this, this box, this 16,000 square foot box is going to be at the corner. I guess I'm done, thank you. Thank you.
Are there others who wish to speak uh, against the appeal? Uh, good evening. My name is George Garcia. I reside at 4784 Bird Street. I am wondering, uh, we all have heard the word gateway to our community, which uh, many of us see it that way. Many of us have invested money in our properties, um, beautifying them, making them more eye-pleasing to the public. Uh, the owners have stated that it's an ugly site. Uh, why isn't there sideway, sidewalks in that area around the property when we all sometimes wish there were? Uh, there is more increase in uh, pedestrians. I would ask as a citizen that you guys beautify a little bit your property to make it more palatable to other people that might be interested in purchasing it. As it is now, yes, it is an ugly site as a commercial investment. I would think there would be other ways to make it more palatable and increasingly maybe more profitable for your pocketbook as a citizen. I would like to see some improvements. Uh, sidewalks would be really great uh, as the uh, community is growing. Uh, we will need that. But also, why hasn't the uh, store come up with an idea of financing the sidewalks. In Portland now, they have put in so many, so many safety crossings, flashing lights, reducing the speed limit. Why haven't they come up with a plan to just say, hey, we want the store here, why don't we pick up the tab and make that crossing more possible to make the safety of the local citizens safer? So I'm asking, why not beautify your property? Why not step up and do a little bit more for the citizens that are gonna make your business profitable? And if that's the case, let's chip in in that regard. Thank you. Zenny Nemluil, 478 Kensington. Good evening, Mayor and Councilors. I have a concern about pedestrian safety in the area, and I do think that this pertains to the design criteria at hand um, when you look at building orientation and access. There is a crosswalk uh, in proximity to our new co-op development. I'm the marketing director at the co-op, uh, and I see all kinds of people uh, crossing that crosswalk, uh, people who have taken the bus, on the south side of Marine Drive, uh, trying to get across that crosswalk, um, as well as many of our shoppers who are now coming from Columbia Memorial Hospital. Um, I talked to shareholders in the area, Columbia Memorial Hospital, the Mill Pond Homeowners Association, and Minimart, and we all have a collective concern and desire to see enhancements at that crosswalk. Uh, in talks with city and ODOT representatives, unfortunately, I discovered that it was cost prohibitive to make any enhancements such as a rapid flashing beacon uh, at that area right now. Um, in part because it's not a priority because there's no crash data to support a, an enhancement to that crosswalk, meaning uh, nobody has been hit. Okay, so 
I understand the constraints of government. Um, I wish we could do something there, but this traffic engineer, uh, Rick Nye, that we hired um, states in some of the documents that he gave you, um, the proximity of this marine drive access of the proposed grocery outlet, um, the problem now shifting um, from the west a little bit farther east, but that grocery uh, store traffic uh, still accessing marine drive, and the proximity to that crosswalk. Uh, he states pedestrians will have to cross an area of conflicts with vehicles that have just turned from either direction of marine drive along with those exiting vehicles that are stacked across or near the crosswalk, potentially limiting visibility of pedestrians. For drivers entering from Marine Drive, the immediate proximity and conflicts of the crosswalks to the access may be surprising to drivers, and those following behind those drivers may be equally surprised. So grocery outlet developers have had a long time now to hire a PhD and whoever else they paid a bunch of money to to say that our argument about pedestrian safety stinks. Well, the city and ODOT can't afford to do anything to enhance the pedestrian crosswalk right now. At least do everything that you can to protect the area. And we're looking at you know any kind of development that could come in. They don't need marine drive access. I urge you to deny this application. Thank you. Good evening, Chris Hafer, six eight seven twelve Street. Um, my primary concern about this um, project is the facade and how it collaborates with the uh, adjoining buildings and supports the um, traditional building styles of that district. Um, if we could get the slide of the sign, that would be great. So one thing that we notice in Astoria is that um, most of our neon sign inventory is in the downtown core area. And those signs were primarily um, put on those buildings because they were built in the 20s. In that, um, Gateway, is it the gateway? In that gateway, we have a, a large inventory of the historic buildings that predate neon signs. There are a few um, buildings there that have them, but obviously they came when you know, neon signs were popular. I do think that the neon sign is not something that is attractive or collaborates with the adjoining property or properties like the um, Builder Supply, the museum that's done this wonderful project there with the um, with their maritime museum stick or piece of lumber, and I would like to see that facade treatment have a little more attention and um, possibly a little more um, historic nature uh, that predates the neon era with some downcast lighting, maybe something that's a little flatter, and maybe something that's not so glaring as you come east down Marine Avenue. So um, that's what I have to add. Thank you. Thank you. Are there others? Please. Thank you. Uh, 
My name is Brad Cabellis. I'm at 235 23rd Street. And I'm not going to touch on a lot of this stuff and just overhashing it, but one of the things I'd like to bring up is since the co-op is open, there's something that's occurring in this neighborhood is, is parking is gone. In fact, the site that they're proposing to build on has usually got 10 to 25 cars parked on it now. I took a couple pictures. I don't know if you can look at these or care to look at them. I took them in the middle of the afternoon. The Napa parking lot is pretty much full. This is overflow parking from the co-op and from the hospital. So part of the proposal is this is a big building on a small site. They have a limited number of parking spaces. They're accounting on some off-street parking, I believe. It's not there. Um, one of the things I do have a problem with is I hear and read about the city preaching about preserving river views, using river views. This building really turns us back to it. It had the ability to spin itself 90 degrees, face the river, enjoy some of that, but they didn't want to step away from their stamped footprint and look at the site and design with the site. So, thank you very much. Thank you. Others? Karen Haynes and I live at 2505 Mill Pond Lane. Um, first of all, this is a de novo hearing of an appeal by the applicant. I believe that the changes to the proposal represent a new application and that the applicant should follow city code and submit this application to the Design Review Commission for consideration. However, absent council support for that, I recommend the council uphold the DRC decision to deny this application. This application does not adequately address pedestrian access, pedestrian orientation and safety, and neighborhood impacts. This site is in a historic urban setting. It is a highly visible site. It is a gateway to our community, and it is adjacent to a single-family neighborhood. In fact, on two sides of the site, will be single-family dwellings. While grocery stores are an allowed use for this property, this applicant has overloaded the site with a 16,000 square foot facility that's 40% larger than the neighboring co-op facility. The applicant could put a smaller footprint on the site and greatly improve the pedestrian access and safety and neighborhood impacts. The applicant's design creates off-site impacts that need to be addressed. These include impacts on neighborhood traffic patterns, off-site parking demands, pedestrian safety issues, and signal and intersection improvements on Highway 30. Since the co-op has moved in, we've had the opportunity to see some of the neighborhood impacts um, with a grocery store in our area. I have to say the co-op is a wonderful neighbor, uh, but there, there's visibly more traffic on the neighborhood streets. And the traffic that is of most concern is truck traffic. And there's more truck traffic coming to and from um, the area using the traffic signal at 30th. They come down 30th, across Log Bronc, then Waterfront, and then down Milk. Um, Mill Pond Lane and then to the co-op. This will only be 
um, greatly, I think, exacerbated with a much larger grocery store in the area. And um, I think that really needs to be addressed. Again, I urge you to send this to the Design Review Committee or uphold the Design Review Commission's denial. If you should choose to approve this development, I urge you con to consider protection of neighborhood livability, which will be compromised by the scale of this development. Specifically, I ask that you restrict through car and truck traffic on Mill Pond Lane, restrict employee parking on 23rd and Mill Pond. And that's, and your, that's your time, ma'am. Okay. That you encumber this project with participation in future intersection and signal improvements to 23rd and Highway 30. Thank, Thank you. you. Are there others who would like to speak against the appeal? Next, I will invite testimony by persons who are impartial. If there's any group of impartial persons represented by an attorney, wave your hand. If not, any persons who wish to speak impartially will have uh, three minutes like everyone else. Any takers? All right. Next, uh, we will have uh, opportunity for rebuttal by the appellant, and a total of 10 minutes will be provided. And as we've been going for an hour and a half, I'm going to take a 10-minute recess. When we return, the appellant may make rebuttal. Oral rebuttal. Thank you. Actually, I'm not Mr. Dover, though. My name is Sorry. Mike Ard. I am um, Mr. Dover. the applicant's representative, and I'm the traffic engineer that worked on the project. And I want to cover some things that I, that I heard by way of rebuttal. So first of all, um, you guys have in the record the traffic impact study that I prepared for the project. We actually prepared a traffic study for the original version of the project that went before the Planning Commission as well, and we redid it for the this hearing um, for a significant reason. We made a su substantial change to the site plan in terms of combining the driveways. And the purpose of that might not be really clear to this body, but I want to make it clear to this body. Under the prior site plan, where we were maintaining all four accesses along Marine Drive, in other words, keeping the existing access that we had and the gas station was keeping their three accesses, we fell under a discretionary section of ODOT's code, their Division 51 rules for access. Under those rules for access, they are permitted to give us a kind of a waiver to their access facing standards or other criteria that we don't need. And they can do that on the basis of understanding that we have a net benefit to the highway system. Uh, it's also because it was an existing access, there's a little bit of an inertia there where ODOT isn't going to fight a new access. But it was a discretionary decision for them. Under the new plan, because we're combining accesses with one of the gas station's accesses and reducing the total number of accesses to Marine Drive, we fall under a very different provision of the Division 51 rules. And I want to read that into the record. It says, uh, under 734-051-3020 approval criteria, the department shall approve an application for a state highway approach that does not pose a safety or highway operations concern as set forth in another section under one of two, actually one of three conditions. We're looking at the second one, 
B, the department and the applicant reach agreement that the application moves in the direction of conforming to approach road spacing, channelization, and site distance standards under section seven through nine of this rule. Basically, they say that when you are reducing the number of accesses to the site, they fall under a provision that says they shall rather than they may approve that access. So we're no longer under a discretionary decision by ODOT that says they can allow the access, but they don't necessarily have to, and we have to play nice with them. Instead, we've given ourselves the surety that access will be granted by the Oregon Department of Transportation. And they specifically talk about eliminating or combining existing connections to the highway resulting in a net reduction in the number of connections, which we do, improving the distance between connections, which we do, and improving site distance, which we do. We only needed to do one of those three things. We did all three of those things instead under this plan. It's been our intent to develop the site in a way that makes sense and in a way that conforms to city code. And as I'm sure you're aware from the prior actions as well as this action on the site, that's very difficult to do. And we have sought direction, as Mr. Dover shared with you, <clears throat> from city staff as well as from the design review committee on how best to meet the intent of the code and provide you with a good project that will meet our needs as well. We would ask that you approve this project and that you provide us with conditions of approval if necessary to allow us to meet your intent of code. And I'll give you an example. If you can put up the site plan, please. So we're trying to make decisions that operate to the benefit of public safety here. And in particular, there's been discussion about pedestrians associated with this site. Still not looking at the site plan, so I'm hoping yeah. to see that <laughs> briefly here. Is this time counting against me? Yep. <laughs> yeah. This is their time, not mine. I'm not yeah, going to stop this yeah. plan. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so there is a, a walkway, a pedestrian walkway that's shown going through from Marine Drive, and it's centered in the drive aisles and crossing over to the store. Now, we recognized as we developed the site that by the nature of its use, a parking lot has people walking to and from their cars and the store. There are always going to be pedestrian conflicts within a parking lot. And we also recognize that there's a need to connect the sidewalk along Marine Drive to the front of the store. So what we tried to do is provide a solution that works as well as possible for all parties. We put that sidewalk into an area that's accessible by people in the parking lot to where they can move out of the drive aisles and out of the conflict zone and pedestrians from Marine Drive can do that as well. By the nature of its use, a grocery store doesn't attract a lot of people that are walking to the store intending to carry home groceries. It's not the primary uh, focus of, of a store. But we are trying to combine it so that the, that safe sidewalk facility is available to all parties and really can concentrate on where it's going to get the most use. If, on the other hand, you believe that we need to have that sidewalk located at another location to meet your code, tell us that with a condition of approval, and we'd be happy to comply with it. We believe that the site should be developable as it sits. We understand that uh, Mr. Nice has provided some testimony regarding a, a road that would sweep through the backside of the building and mow through the middle of the gas station that's to the south. 
if it's your intent to condemn this property and the adjacent property, and if this site is completely undevelopable, because regardless of how we laid it out, that would mow through either the parking lot or the building, let us know that. But that's a takings. And we're operating under the rules as they exist right now. The site layout that we've provided is our absolute best shot at how to make this work in a way that's going to be safe and efficient for everyone. The access to Marine Drive is intended to allow safe access in and out of the building. Absent that driveway, traffic will go down to 23rd. 23rd is markedly different from this access because at this access, there's a center median. The presence of that center median means the cars can turn into a safe spot where they can stop without interrupting the flow of traffic while waiting for a gap to turn in. Similarly, they can turn out into the median and make what's called a two-stage left turn. Those opportunities are not available at 23rd, which makes it far more congested. There have been complaints in the past about congestion in these areas. We did not want to exacerbate those. We wanted to operate to the benefit of the community. In the Greenlight Engineering materials, they made reference to a quote of the city code that says, Marine Drive, as a state highway and primary arterial roadway through the city, Marine Drive needs to be designed to minimize congestion. Now it goes on to say that it's minimizing congestion through removing driveways. But in this case, if that driveway is not there, traffic will need to stop in the eastbound direction as it's trying to turn onto 23rd and congestion increases rather than decreases absent the access. So trying to meet the intent of the code is our goal here. We believe that your community's goals, as well as ODOT's goals, are to reduce that congestion on Marine Drive, and that is best accomplished through the plan that we've provided you. Again, I would just reiterate that we seek approval for the project, that if you have specific concerns that we can address through conditions of approval, we would be happy to take that input from you and modify the designs as needed to meet your satisfaction. With that, I'll turn it over to Dan if there's remaining time. Well, without a amount of time, I will just wrap and say thank you for your time. I appreciate hearing our testimony. Um, if there are any questions, we'd be happy to answer them. Thank you. Thank you. So at this time, I know Ms. Johnson has some uh, follow-up based on some of the comments that have been offered tonight. I just want to clarify a couple of things that were said tonight. Uh, one of the issues came up about the notice given to the area with the additional uh, parcel. Just want to let you know that when we did notice this property, the, we always noticed larger than the required area and with the configuration of this parcel, uh, the notification area would not change with that additional parcel. So everyone was notified. Um, there's talk about the pedestrian safety and the location of the walkway on the site and I want to reiterate that you are not approving necessarily the design of the walkway or the um, location of that driveway design. That still would go through the engineering and ODOT for review. So the pedestrian connection to Marine Drive through that parking lot where it is placed right there at the sidewalk could change. 
based on safety concerns or issues that the uh, engineering department would review. So that could change in the future. Uh, there was a comment about this is in conflict with other businesses in the, uh, and on page 10 of this, your appeal packet, the staff report does address that in the fact that that is a code section that just says that a uh, new use within the gateway will not conflict with the downtown and there are no grocery stores in the downtown so the findings in that report do note that it's not conflicting with co-op or Safeway it specifically says businesses in the downtown um, again I want to reiterate that you're only looking at the design review and if this is approved the engineering department and ODOT still would look at the traffic issues and approval of the design does not mean that they will get approval of uh, traffic issues. That is still for ODOT and engineering to review. Um, the applicant has uh, noted a couple times that they have worked with staff as far as uh, working through design issues and I just want to make sure that it's clear that we have told the applicant from day one that the marine drive access and the pedestrian orientation of the building were critical issues that through the entire process we were saying still was an issue uh, for staff and so while they were coming back with a lot of changes the marine drive access and pedestrian orientation were things that we uh, never did come to full uh, agreement on any um, resolution okay. any questions Thank you. mayor Jones yeah. Can I provide maybe a little bit of clarity now to we're at this Process. point in, in the meeting? So, um, as I mentioned at the beginning of this item, the, uh, the applicant, the appellant, has, uh, has uh, stated uh, that it's not waiving its right to final written argument, which means uh, final written rebuttal, which means uh, that while the, the oral rebuttal is provided tonight, they still have the ability to provide the final uh, written rebuttal. There is the opportunity, um, there was the opportunity to be able to ask the appellant any questions, and there's always the opportunity to ask staff any questions. Um, but, uh, you know, the uh, process now would be to determine whether or not you're wishing the public hearing to be continued to the next meeting, that would be February 3rd, or whether or not um, you determine you want to close the hearing except for final written rebuttal, which we would uh, give a date specific that it needed to be provided by. So that's kind of where we are at, at, at this juncture. So if we determine, if we determine we're going to close the hearing except for final written rebuttal, the, what's the timeline again? The requirement on that has to be done within how many days? So uh, there would be seven days to provide final uh, written rebuttal, and that uh, deadline would be 5 p.m. on January 28th, 
2020. The meeting would have to start by 5 p.m.? No, 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 no. The final room rebuttal is only a written document that would need oh. to be provided to the Community Development Department by 5 p.m. that so day. So the meeting would still be our next schedule. That's correct. And then uh, the City Council would get that document in your council packet, which would go out later in the week. And then you would reconvene on February 3rd for final deliberation. Um, and provide direction to staff as to how you wish to proceed on this item. Okay. I guess my, my opening thoughts, uh, Council, are we've had a, a highly publicized and noticed public hearing tonight. I think everyone who <coughs> wanted to speak and has been interested in speaking has had the opportunity to so I, I would be inclined to to close the public hearing tonight and just uh, begin our deliberations at the next meeting rather than continuing it and have more public testimony that would be my initial thought I would agree so I would I would no further the caution about uh, ex parte contacts you had the ability, if you close the public hearing, you had the ability to disclose those ex parte contacts uh, this evening. If the public hearing is closed, you do not have that ability to disclose the ex parte contacts. So make, I would just encourage each of you to avoid uh, those as you can, um, as uh, you'll need to be looking at the materials concluded in the record. Uh, and what was provided tonight, and then the final written rebuttal um, that would come in next week. Do we need to vote on that formally, or just we've indicated all the consensus on closing the hearing? Um, what you would, uh, we would need is a motion uh, to uh, close, well, I would, Mayor, you would be the one that would be determining whether you're wishing to close the public hearing, and you could accept uh, for uh, final written rebuttal to be received by 5 p.m. on the, the uh, 28th. So uh, I'll move that we include. Well, you can, you can just do that. Just do that. So, so uh, done. <laughs> <laughs> that was eloquent. <laughs> so the public hearing is closed. So the 5 p.m. on the 28th is when final written rebuttal. Then what you would want to do is have a motion to uh, uh, be able to reconvene at your next regular meeting of February 3rd, uh, 2020, for final deliberation on this matter. And that would be the vote that you would want to take to move this on to the next meeting. So I'll move that we will uh, reconvene on the, uh, the next scheduled meeting on the 3rd of February at the normal time to conduct our deliberative to conduct our deliberations, which would include consideration of the final written rebuttal. Second. Is that a roll call? No, it's not a roll call. All in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Okay. okay, that's done. And item, uh, thank you all very much. Can I make one quick question, Mayor? Please. Um, I'd like to get the green light engineering documents Great, thank you. Yeah, anything that was handed out today, please provide to staff uh, electronically if you can. 
Uh, item 6D is a resolution to transfer appropriations within the fiscal year 1920 budget. Capital improvement fund number 102. So Oregon revised statutes provides guidance for the transfer of general operating contingency appropriations that in aggregate during a fiscal year are less than 15% of the total fund. And these may be done by resolution. At the time that the capital at the time that the capital improvement plan was prepared, amounts were set for anticipated debt service on leases to purchase two new police vehicles. Uh, when the new police vehicles were viewed, it was determined uh, that hybrid vehicles were the best economic alternative and would save gas expense over the life of the vehicle cost. Uh, and for the vehicle, and the cost was more than anticipated in the budget. So that was noted when that uh, was approved by the city council um, at a prior meeting. So therefore, a transfer in the amount of $2,510 from the contingency to debt service is required to provide these sufficient appropriations for the initial lease payment this current fiscal year. It's recommended that the council consider the resolution to approve the transfer of $2,510 from capital improvement fund contingency to debt service. Any discussion? I move that we approve the transfer of $2,510 from the Capital Improvement Fund Number 102 contingency to the debt service. Second. Roll call, Mr. Pearson. Yeah. Councillor Kerman. Aye. Councillor Brownson. Aye. Councillor West. Aye. Councillor Rocca. Aye. Mayor Jones. Aye. Okay, new business. Any new business from the council? And we're now open for public comment. Mr. Moore, Mrs. Jones, anything at all on your mind? No? In that case, we are adjourned. Thank you for saying this budget item.